Welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Miss Dean Loves You, where we have interesting conversations with interesting people and learn about unconventional ways to live our best lives. I'm your host, Susie Dean. I'm a former teacher, mother in her MILF era, and wife. I have the incredible experience now of exploring topics and ways of living that I've always been curious about. The conversations on this pod are always relaxed, authentic, and might just teach you a thing or two. I promise that every episode will leave you with a deeper sense of self and understanding for those who are different from you. So get comfy cozy, grab a drink of your choice, and let's have some fun together. Hi, besties. Thanks for coming back for another week of an episode of Unbranded with Miss Teen Loves You. This community has changed and shifted and grown, and I'm so grateful for all of you. This was initially a project that I kind of just dove into headfirst from months and months of Robbie telling me that I had to start a podcast. And quite honestly, I'm shocked that I'm still around doing it because I I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really think about it long term, but here we are and I'm meeting so many fascinating people. I'm learning so much. I'm learning so much about myself and I'm making so many new friends and it's so beautiful. So I hope if you are a listener here that tunes in every week that I remember to post the podcast, that you feel like this podcast is a hug, that you know that you are loved and valued by me. I'm just so, so grateful for all of you. If you are not already, please join the Woo Woo Bestie Facebook group, our community, our sisterhood of like-minded individuals who are exploring themselves, our purpose, nature, um, embracing different belief systems and integrating our own belief systems and cheering each other on on this life journey, which is what we all have in common. It's been really beautiful to see everyone's thoughts and community there. And it's something that I have sought for a really long time. And it has been just as life-giving and heart-filling to me as it has been to so many of you. So thank you for all of that. Well, today our guest is the incredible Chelsea Ward. You're going to love her as much as I did. I'm sure of it. She's a holistic nurse and a coach specializing in transforming lives through the power of gut health, which is fascinating. As someone who personally battles severe anxiety and depression, I've often heard that the key to healing and moving away from medication lies in my gut health, and that's what I should be paying attention to. The profound link between our emotions and our gut cannot be overstated, and that's precisely what Chelsea dives into today. She not only explains the vital importance of gut health, but also shares practical steps that we can all take to nurture it. Plus, she's going to give us some very inspiring stories about her clients and her own life who have discovered happiness, health, and even fertility success through her guidance, which just gave me fuzzies in my tummy. I must say, Spending time with Chelsea was an absolute delight. We were truly a match made in heaven, which you will hear me say multiple times in the podcast. Her approach resonates deeply with me. I want to be just like her as I continue to grow up, and I can't wait for you guys to soak in all of your wisdom. So with that being said, Chelsea, welcome to the Unbranded Podcast. 
So I really work with women who are tired of trying to figure out digestive issues, hormone imbalances, immune issues on their own. And I offer them a step-by-step plan so they can actually get back to feeling like themselves again. So my journey was actually born out of my own illness. I was colic as a baby. So I like to say I was born sick. I never really thought about it that way until I was interviewing with another host. And she was like, oh my God, you were like literally born sick. And I was like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. But I never looked at anything like I had major illnesses. It was just always something coming up. You know, everything that ran down the family line, I would get. Most of my issues were digestive issues. Um, I I would receive suppositories as a child. You know, I was that child at the family event holding in suppositories, unfortunately, for constipation. And the older I got, the sicker I got. So I had um, birth control was prescribed to me by age 12 because of severe menstrual irregularities. Now, this is so common for women today. I meet women that are on birth control for like 15 years. And that was actually my story as well. Um, later down the road, candida. My dad would throw me every candida diet under the sun. I was getting medications for, you know, flagyl, fluconazole, all those things to help my digestive issues. And then I was dealing with, de- with depression and anxiety. And I I didn't realize it at the time, but that actually was stemming from poor gut health, Um, birth control. You know, birth control can actually lead to a lot of those symptoms. By the time I was 27 years old, I was diagnosed with perimenopause. Yes, I was not cycling. I had not cycled for three years and I was, you know, basically it was birth control induced, I think. And um, I was put on bioidenticals at that point just to try to help regulate the cycles, but they never really made me feel my best. So that's when I went on a mission saying, okay, there's there's something better. There has to be a way out. Now I had already gone through nursing school. Um, I was just witnessing my patients go through a lot of the same things that I was in my own health. And I was thinking, oh my God, I literally did this to help people. And I'm just like my sick patients. I'm being told medication, surgery, this, this is the way out. This is your future. But I was going through the pharmacy every single month and I was filling my bag full of prescriptions, being told these things, but I wasn't getting well. So as a nurse, very frustrated, I started searching and realized that people were healing themselves using food as medicine, Um, really diving into some of the toxic habits and toxic lifestyles, stressors that we're experiencing. And I went on a mission to heal my body naturally and I did that. So I went back and studied functional medicine, functional diagnostic nutrition. And really today I'm able to offer my clients a step-by-step plan, one from a guide who's been there, right? I've been on the journey. I understand a lot of what they're experiencing, but also because I've really been able to see through a lot of the studies that I've had, you know, studying from a spiritual standpoint, studying, you know, from a from like the emotional standpoint, a lot of these things I feel like we're missing in traditional medicine. And it's really helped me create a program so people can actually get their life back and get back to feeling like themselves again. You said when you were younger and you had candida, your father was putting you on every candida diet under the sun. So does that mean that you were raised in a family that also had more, was more natural minded? So my grandfather was called Dr. Bill in the community. That's his name, Bill. 
And um, they would always call him and say, like, what what should I take for this? Or what should I take for that? So he was he wasn't this a man. real doctor, but he was very natural minded. He had a garden. We had farm animals. We, had, we did all those things. But, you know, I did grow up in a very busy family. My dad was an entrepreneur and he kind of walked away from like a lot of the traditional things. And my mom was a stay at home mom. So we were involved in every sports activity you could possibly imagine. Um, So our life was very busy and that sent us through a lot of drive throughs. Um, We had pizza night, you know, at Pizza Hut after dance class. And we did a lot of the hamburger helper type meals, macaroni and cheese, sprinkles on our ice cream every Friday night at our favorite restaurant, because we were, you know, like we were a very family oriented family. So we did a lot of things together, but they weren't always the healthiest things. And I think that my diet drove a lot of the things, even though I had access to real whole food, it wasn't what I chose a lot of the time. You are now much more natural minded despite your nursing degree. Um, And I want to know where that kind of chasm was, because you said while you were a nurse, you were sick, you were treating people who were sick, but you started seeing people who were using food as medicine. Can you tell me about that space and time when you had that realization? To me, it felt like it came out of the blue. And I remember being at my weakest point. I remember just crying out like, this is not my life. This is not the rest of my life. This is not how it's supposed to be. There has to be more. And I just felt that I was not connected to the work I was doing. Like, I was like, if this is the answer, it should work, you know? And it wasn't working. So I just started looking up ways to treat candida, ways to heal from na- heal naturally, ways to heal your body. And I started running across some very amazing people in the world of functional medicine. And functional medicine was a very new, it's, I mean, it's not that old, right? So we were talking about candida like that was the problem back then, right? There were all these candida books. There were all these things. Um, I was looking into natural hormone balance because I knew my hormones were out of balance. And I was reading books by Tammy Mergola, you know, and how to balance your hormones naturally. I joined Krista Orecchio, who's a great mentor of mine. I joined her candida program and I started to see the needle move in my life for the very first time. But one thing I saw that was very specific to these programs and these principles is that food was the foundation. And no matter if that was in a supplement form, in an herb, it was always something from the earth, right, that could help us heal. And it was when I really got that nudge that said, you know what, you can heal. Everything that you need to heal your body is actually here on this earth. And all you have to do is learn how to access it. So And then I started studying, you know, into a lot of the things that were just just felt very disconnected for me, you know, and I realized that stress was playing a major role in my life. I was a type A personality. I was running, you know, in all directions. And I kept feeling this nudge, slow down, like enjoy life. And I was like, I don't even know how to do that. I mean, my dad was an entrepreneur. All I'd seen my whole life was hard work and push, go, run, strive. 
And that's exactly what I was doing. I was a nurse, but I was working a job on the side. I was constantly working on the weekends. It was just go all the time. And I think I just finally hit burnout. So did are you completely off of medications? 100%. Yeah. That is the dream. Let me tell you, I... Um... I suffer from severe anxiety and depression, and I just switched from my psychiatrist to an APRN. And when we had our first meeting, she said, what is your like long-term goal with, with us together? And I said, Sydney, my goal is to be off of all medications and be a medicine woman who treats all of my ailments with an herbal apothecary that I have in my home made from my own garden. So you are actually my dream. What were kind of the first um, changes that you started noticing? Was it more energy? Was it the emotional stability? What, what was addressed first and what took the longest, just out of curiosity? So I think for me in the beginning, it was mostly a mindset shift. You know, if you've been sick for a long time, you don't even recognize that you've been sick. You kind of are just living with this, but but you realize that you're a little different from the way other people experience life or even have joy for life, right? So with the depression, that conversation, I had been experiencing that for a long time. And even though I probably denied it for a lot of my life, oh, I'm not depressed. Everything's fine. I was putting on this really nice picture on the surface, like everything's okay. And I'm like, if I just push through, if I just fake it till I make it, everything's going to be fine. And I feel like my mindset was the very first thing that I really had to work on. So I would start listening to very positive things that could just really get in my head, you know, and shift things. And I think where I probably messed up more than anything is thinking that things like affirmations were going to fix me. Right. And a lot of times I think we can get into this place where it's like, oh, I just have to do the thing. Right. And we get another task on our task list to help us heal. And unfortunately, that is not what happened in the beginning. And I had to realize then that it's really embracing the journey of working your way toward being the person who you want to become instead of looking at the situation that you're in and accepting that as your future. So the mind was very first for me. And then I think that one day I was on the phone with my mom and she said, Chelsea, I don't understand how you can remain so positive when you're going through everything that you're going through. And I had moved away from home and of course, moms, what they do, they threaten, I'm going to bring you home. I'm going to come down there. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to come rescue you. And so I didn't share a lot of what I was going through with her. But I realized at that moment when I was on the phone with her, I was like, oh, maybe I've really worked through this mental and emotional piece more than I thought I had. So to me, where I failed next was working on, you know, the food as medicine approach because I was a junk food junkie. I had candida. I was feet. I was fueling my body with, you know, organic foods, but they weren't good organic foods. They were organic packaged foods, organic little snack foods, organic cakes. And, and then of course I still had a staple in my home, a four pound brownie from Sam's. Um, if you're not familiar, I hope you're not, <laughs> but that was actually a staple in my home. And I would have brownies and ice cream every day. 
you know, but I was like on this health journey. So I'm trying to get healthy and I'm like, it's like, oh, I have to balance, you know, balance is happiness, balance is joy. And but I was just so depleted in my body. My energy was so lacking. So that was my first introduction to the food as medicine was going organic ish and gluten free ish and um, eating a few like whole food now and then, you know, um, but I was still struggling majorly in my health and I, I was exhausted. I was actually had to get in my car after work many days and take a nap before I could even get home. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So you mentioned a little bit how you were always go, 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 and you were so stressed and you reached a point of burnout. And I resonate so deeply. Can you discuss a little bit the relationship between slowing down and gut health? So when we're stressed and we're anxious, the gut is almost like a picture of our emotional state, I think, so many times. And we can see this where our emotions are very connected to our physical health. So, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier when I said, you know, I think this is where we miss this in traditional medicine so many times is that in, the emotions are the emotions. Mental health is mental health. Physical health is physical health. We see a specialist for everything. Nobody's having a conversation. Where is spiritual health? What does that mean? When does it come in? And it doesn't. So the big thing is the, this, it's almost like if you have anxiety and you have this rush, rush mentality, a lot of times people will see chronic digestive issues, either in the form of IBS, um, it can come in the form of constipation, but it's typically diarrhea when there's a lot of like stress and anxiety. And then if you have this uptight attitude where you're just like, you know, everything bothers you, everything's a stressor, everything has to be perfect. <clears throat> you come from a place of perfection. Um, you don't like a lot of entrepreneurs have this, they're perfectionists. They don't put anything out until it's perfect. And then they deal with constipation. And that uptight, we're just holding everything in. We're unwilling to release it. So if you're unwilling to release your emotions, it not only impacts your emotional health, but it impacts your physical health. And a lot of times that can come in the form of constipation. So our bacteria is shifting and changing every single day. And a lot of times we'll have the wrong foods, right? Because we're stress eating or we're doing, you know, things like that in the form of food, eating the wrong foods or not eating food or skipping meals or not creating healthy eating patterns in our life. You know, we're just rushing through a meal. We're not chewing our food appropriately. We're just swallowing it whole. Well, when we do that, we don't release the proper digestive enzymes to help us break down our food. When it gets to the stomach, it's like a big ball. We're expecting the stomach to break it down, but the stomach doesn't have teeth. The digestive enzymes were never released. So that food is in our stomach. It will rot. It will ferment. It will produce nasty, yucky bacterial overgrowth, fungal overgrowth. The um, acids in the gut, they're not working appropriately. So your liver is secreting extra enzymes or extra bile or extra acid to help break down that food. And it stresses out the entire process. The liver's job is to release that acid. The gallbladder's job is to store it. And then it's to break down our food or be released into our digestive tract whenever we're eating so that it can break down our food. But we compromise that whole system as well 
whenever we're rushing through a meal or we're just pushing through to the next thing, or we're not eating things that really serve our body. We're not using food as medicine. So we're eating a processed food. We're putting it in our body and our body's like, oh, what is this? Oh, that's, I, I think I've seen this before. Yeah, she's been eating this a long time, but um, it's not really food. It's not sending messages to the cells. How am I supposed to get healthy? How am I supposed to help her get well? I'd love to help her out, but that that's really impossible with what she's feeding me. And we don't make the connection. We create bugs in our gut that actually crave these foods. So we continue to eat the things that feed them, that make them thrive. And then we end up in that vicious cycle. We don't know how to get out. We just, we're stuck. Do you include the spiritual aspect of this when you're working with clients? Or is this something that's a little bit more up to them in their, in, in the um, creation of their plan? So I'm a fan of meeting people where they are in all aspects of health and healing. So I have an agenda going in. Of course, I want you to go through my step-by-step plan from a health perspective. Um, but I really feel that everybody is on their own journey. And some, and I've learned as just a seasoned practitioner to step back and let people have their own journey. And that's in their physical health. And that's also in their spiritual health. So there are components of my program where I sprinkle things in. And it's very gentle. And it allows people to embrace really what they want to take in. And it's also leading them into just questions and helping them process and maybe even journal around certain things. You know, why do we sabotage ourselves? Why are we up against resistance? Like what is resistance and why does that come forward? Why are, you know, why when you, we go on a health journey and we decide we're going to do things and we say, I met the person I want to help me. I've invested in myself in this program. Why does life seem to get really chaotic? Your kids go crazy. Your husband, you know, flip loses his mind or whatever else happens. And it's really a form of resistance because our body wants to keep us safe. Our mind's job is to say, you're okay where you are. You're safe. Nothing's really wrong. And if you do something different, then it might put you in danger. So why not just take a step back, stay in the little safe zone that you've created for yourself. We're going to work through this. And in your mind, your your mind is actually telling you this. So as a coach, I'm really working with someone to say, hey, this is actually what you're experiencing. Are you open to hearing more? Are you open to open to diving a little bit deeper into these areas and pulling up? Why do you keep repeating the same patterns over and over? And, you know, I use a lot of things that help people kind of get in touch with nature. Maybe it's getting in nature or getting in touch with their spirituality. You know, I love nature. I feel like that is, you know, just a source of just creativity and creation. I think that opens people up and their their minds up to just a different way of looking at things, um, a place to go and sit and meditate, a place to sit and receive just just being in that receiving mode, you know, just having a place to get quiet, having a place to really appreciate, to be in gratitude, because it's so easy to be in gratitude when we can truly sit and pause in nature and hear the birds. If we're by a stream, hear the water, to listen to the wind and just say, you know what, there's something so much bigger and greater than me and what I'm experiencing right now. 
And if I can just take a moment to stop and pause and receive from that, then we may find a change or some answers to what we've been looking for. That was so beautifully said. Mm -hmm. Goodness. Put the quote on a card. I do that. I, I agree. I love nature. I feel so balanced and grounded and I make sure that I get out every day and get my feet in the earth and my eyes in the morning sunlight. And I tell everyone to do the same. Can you explain the gut, what is it, the gut-brain connection and how, how those are related and why we should care? Because I think it would probably be safe to say a majority of people in America right now probably have some kind of gut issue that can be addressed. So what is the, what is the connection and what are things that we're, we're seeing that can be a manifestation of unattended to gut health? Yeah. So you have a long nerve that runs from your brain all the way through your gut, out your behind, and it is called the vagus nerve. And that nerve, there's a long, it's a highway and it runs back and forth. So information travels from the brain to the gut and information always also travels back from the gut to the brain. And so you have bacteria in your gut that are constantly communicating with your brain. So we talked about how Certain bacteria are trying to survive. Those yeast, the the candida, those types of infections, they really are looking for a place to thrive and survive. So if they can send signals to your brain and messages to tell you, hey, eat this food, they'll send signals and you'll think that it's just a craving. You'll think that you're just a sugarholic. You'll think that, you know, you have to have high amounts of carbs at meals. And the thing is, is that's not true at all. We can shift all those things, but our gut is running the show. It's sending messages to the brain. Same with depression. There are certain types of bacteria that are present in people with anxiety and depression. There are now probiotics that we can use called psychobiotics. And it's a very new type of probiotic on the market. And we can use those to replenish those good, healthy bacteria in the gut so that we can improve symptoms like anxiety, symptoms like depression. And, you know, for people who are driven, they're under a lot of stress all the time. I'm like, just keep these things on hand so that you can really use them as needed. It's not going to hurt you at all, but it's going to help improve those symptoms. And then the brain also sends signals to the gut. So, When we do like neuroactivation techniques, we can do things like gargling, we can sing, we can, we can flex our vocal cords and things like that to actually activate that system. And that helps us with improving our gut health, particularly with things like constipation. So that can be improved by just activating that system. Um, You can gag yourself, you know, that's not the most fun. Um, but you can gargle water. So a lot of times I'll have clients just in the shower, just put water in their mouth and gargle just as hard as you can. And that really activates that system. It strengthens that nerve and it strengthens the highway. So it improves the strength of the gut. So we would improve things like diarrhea. We would improve things like constipation, IBS, bloating, and all of those things. And strengthening that highway doesn't only have the impact go in that one direction, but it also helps the communication back to the brain. So we have a weak vagus nerve 
overall, most humans do. Um, and we have to think about what we just went through with this viral infection, right? So this virus acts on ACE2 receptors. Most of those are actually found in the gut. So you made a really profound statement and that you said that we could probably all use this work. And the answer is absolutely, because I don't really know a person who didn't end up with this virus. And I think that we really have some work to do in strengthening the gut. And the more that I work with people, especially people that have been dealing with these symptoms long term, I'm using a lot of detox and a lot of gut work. And that's where I'm really seeing a lot of symptom improvement. Gargling, gagging, activating that can have such profound. I've never heard this in my life. And this good. It's, it's so, so easy. It's, no and so, needed. And so it strengthens the vagus nerve, is what you're saying. And then, therefore, it strengthens the um, efficiency with which it sends information from your brain to your gut back and forth. Yeah. It's like so, a muscle. So you're building, you're rebuilding that muscle. You, you know, and it's like, you know, you think about just cardiovascular health, you know, we yeah. can rebuild cardiovascular health. We can rebuild new circuitries as we're walking and just building our cardiovascular system. And this is another way we don't really think about movement and things like that in the body, but it's so important to move and lubricate all areas of the body and our nerves are no different. So so you mentioned um, the virus. I didn't, it, it, gut health is really sounding like a piece of armor because it's, I've been introduced to addressing gut health mostly as a way to improve my mental health and improve just like energy, cognition, brain fog. But I'm not even thinking about the fact that if you have, if you address the efficiency and the strength of this gut microbiome, you can really protect yourself from everything. I mean, it's optimal, it's optimal human functioning. Am I correct? Yeah. So 80% of your immune system is actually found in your gut. So prior to getting this virus, I actually had not been sick in over 10 years. And I looked at a guy one day and I was like, yeah, I never get sick. And he's like, you can't say that. And I was like, actually, I can because it's true, you know, and it's really about boosting your immune system. And I can see personally where I had compromised some things in my own life and really kind of let some things slide. And I was letting stress get to me and all those things. Is that the reason I got the virus? I don't really know. I mean, I think most people did end up with it, but I think that if we, use the gut and we really retrain the gut. That's really the thing. It's not about biting off a bug. We think so many times, oh, I have a viral infection or, oh, I have a, you know, I have a parasite or I have a bacterial infection, but really it's about changing the environment so that we are not a good host for those mm -hmm. bugs to live in. So across the board, what are some just like generalized things that everyone can start doing to address their gut health? One, I would start with whole food nutrition. So I'm a fan of when I'm working with a client, I'm going to start with a whole foods diet that includes mostly meat, vegetables, and fruit. Okay. So that's kind of like the foundations and the basics. Once you really feel your best on that, you start getting your energy back. You can use some things to really help your liver health because that's a natural detoxification organ. It's your grandfather detox organ. So I would use bitter foods, things like lemon, grapefruit, dandelion greens, or other bitter grains 
and beets are really good for the liver. And that'll help you kind of naturally detox. And then we probably all have a little bit of extra estrogen buildup in our body just simply because we're exposed to a lot of toxins in our environment that kind of increase estrogen. Well, the liver plays a really big role in estrogen detox. So it's going to help us balance our hormones. Um, Hormones are kind of like they run the body. So we want to balance those as much as possible and using things like cruciferous vegetables or things in that family that are kind of the flowering vegetables are going to be really helpful for that. So that would be things like cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, even asparagus. Those are really helpful for kind of getting those hormones more just settled out and in balance and opening up those detox pathways so that we can really get rid of some of that excess estrogen. And um Outside of nutrition, I think that everybody can really benefit from just supporting, you know, the good, healthy bacterial bacteria in their gut. So I think that the next step is really fermented foods if those work for you. So fermented foods can be in the form of food like sauerkraut, kimchi, yogurt, uh, kefir water. But also you can take a supplement that's really helpful to replenish your gut bacteria as well. Now, if you get bloated from supplements or you get bloated from these fermented foods, you have a lot of gas. It's a sign that you have a bacterial overgrowth and you probably shouldn't move in that direction. I would typically tell someone, contact a practitioner, really work through a protocol to kind of help you rebalance those gut bacteria before adding a lot of probiotics because you don't want to overfeed the situation. So you may have heard of a condition called SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. That is actually one of the signs we get when there is an overgrowth. If you're eating fermented foods or you're eating starchy foods like beans, potatoes, those are going to cause more bloating if you have a condition um, or have an overgrowth of bacteria in your gut. And then, you know, with probiotics, I love soil-based probiotics. So the bacillus is one that you're looking for. And that's really because it can withstand a lot of the harsh environments in the gut. So as you're taking it and, you know, you're they're going through the acid, they're going through all of the um, different pH in the gut. These are the ones that can survive the most. And then you can sprinkle in other probiotics, but I usually like to use those through food. Once we address the nutrition and the foundational health and we give our body the nutrients that it needs, that it's been lacking in, uh, I assume that everything else follows. We get our energy back. We start wanting to move more. When we start getting our energy back, we want to move more. We start feeling better mentally. When we feel better mentally, we start wanting to socialize more, be in community, be more active, maybe pursue some creative pursuits that we haven't. And then everything else, it, it, it and then it seems like it uh, begins to overhaul the entire life outside of the body. It is so perfect, but it's also, it it is a trickle effect, but also you can start working on those things simultaneously. Okay. So like good positive relationships is always good for your mental health, right? So that's going to help with that connection and getting proper sleep. We have to have proper sleep if you want the body to heal. Yeah. I tell everybody, everything that I constantly hear, everything comes back to gut health and sleep health. And I feel like once you can get those under control, like you have no problems. It's amazing. So the first 
half of the night, you're really working on like your physical body repair, you know, so you're repairing yourself from a physical level, liver detox, all of your organs are going through their little detox process, muscles are repairing all the tissues and organs. Mm-hmm. So the second half of the night is really for that mental health piece. And so you're really, you're repairing your memory, your thoughts, the way you're processing things and all of the moods. Like, so if you don't get enough sleep in those later hours, that's really your REM sleep. Your deep sleep occurs earlier in the night. You're really still in the bed. You're not really moving. Your REM sleep is more active. You're dreaming, you're solidifying memories. And if you're not getting good rest at the end of the night, you're going to probably tend more toward being moody, being irritable, being uh, sleepy during the day, being depressed, those types of things. So it's important really to find your window. I think most people could benefit from eight hours of sleep if that's possible Mm -hmm. for your body, but find your window and keep sleep patterns consistent. So your detox processes start in your body, no matter if you're awake or you're asleep, those organs begin that detox process about 11 p.m. So you're on a circadian rhythm. Your body is on a cycle. It works around the sun. So I have a a rule of thumb, 10 p.m. in the bed so Mm -hmm. that you're nice, asleep, ready to rest and repair. And then try to sleep until at least 6 a.m. or get in bed. If you're like me, you go to bed at 830. (laughs) Yeah, that's just my preference. Oh, my gosh. That is my dream. Recently, I started getting so into my nighttime routine. Um, My husband's my husband's very into like the carnivore diet and such. But as part of that, he's also which is kind of great because now all of the like health and wellness stuff that I've been into, he's also into. So we don't really use our overhead lights. We try to live by the natural light as much as possible. We start turning down the lights and um, only super low lighting once the sun sets. So it's been really great in that regard. But I have my sleep and nighttime routine down to a T. I, I turn off like all the lights an hour and a half before bed, only low lighting. I I'm off my phone. I'm taking a hot bath every night to relax. I'm taking a cold shower afterwards, which just, that's just something that works for me. Um, supplements, magnesium, all it, I have it down to a sign. And I'm also ideally in bed no later than nine, eight 30 preference. And I'm reading my Kindle in the darkness until my eyes are too heavy to stay up. There's always something to do and there's not enough hours in the day. I've tried so hard, even in college, to be one of those kids that could like stay up all night to study. But my, I just can't. I physically can't. I tell everybody my brain start, stops working at 4.38 p.m. and I like can't do anything productive really after that. Um, I'm much more of a morning person. So that's just you and I are on the same wavelength with that. Separate a little bit. I'm very curious about your opinions on detoxing. I've heard, I mean, it seems like in this community, there are two camps. There are people that are like, your body naturally detoxes as long as it gets all of the nutrition that it needs and you don't need to do anything else. And then there's other people who are like, your body can benefit from these detox regimens um, and juice detoxes. And like, what is your opinion on that? Oh, I love this one. You have hit a sweet spot with this. Question. Okay. Okay. So, detox changed my life. Absolutely. Okay. 
hands down, one of the best things that I could have possibly ever done for my life. And I realized after I started studying it, how important it was. So personal story, I was, you know, in perimenopause, age 27, I was on bioidentical hormones to help regulate those cycles, which it helped, but I still was not feeling good. I felt like my body was overloaded. It was burdened. It just wasn't Mm. feeling healthy. And although I had more energy, I had hormones that were like, you know, they were fine. They were balanced, but I just wasn't feeling good. And I met a beautiful mentor. His name is Bob Rakowski. And he put me on a detox and everything shifted for me. So I wasn't really overweight, but I lost like seven pounds of body fat. I was feeling, you know, like I had, I got my energy back. I felt like I literally said, I feel like I could fly some days. Like I felt so good. I mean, it was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So I started to study this and I was seeing, you know, clients already. And it's just like mostly just coaching. I wasn't doing a lot of functional medicine at this point, but I was just really trying to use things like food, food as medicine. And I started to really play around with this detox thing with clients and realized what a change it made. I mean, it will help someone jumpstart pretty much all these healing processes in their body. People were getting their energy back. People are losing seven pounds to 30 pounds in like short periods of time. People that had been weight loss resistant were finally starting to lose weight realized as I studied a little bit further, the body will hold on to toxins and it will not allow you to release this extra body fat because the fat serves as a place to store toxins. Mm-hmm. Once the body feels safe enough, enough to release the toxins, it will. But if you don't have proper drainage pathways for these toxins to drain out of the body, because these organs are so burdened by toxins then you're putting a little wrench in the process. So we're exposed to so many toxins on a regular basis, way more than our ancestors ever were. And I think the body was created to naturally detox. Yes, the brain detoxes all the time. The liver detoxes 24 hours a day. That's their job, right? And all uh, there's a lot of other organs in our body that really work on detox. The problem is, is that we are being exposed to things that the body was never intended to be exposed to. So many chemicals, the air we're breathing, the water we're drinking, fire retardants in the clothes we're wearing. It's on our skin. It's being absorbed in organic uh, cotton that we're wearing. We're putting up to 700 chemicals on our body every single day is what some of the experts are saying as far as like makeup and skincare mm-hmm. and, and potions and body wash and shaving cream, all the things. And yes. we are becoming overburdened. Our foods are filled with herbicides and pesticides, especially if we're not eating organic. If we are eating organic, we're still exposed to those mm-hmm. things. We're drinking out of plastic water bottles. We're exposed to BPA and the list goes on. Our food is even wrapped in plastic. When we pick it up from the grocery store, we drop it down in a plastic bag. When we're in the grocery aisle, we're eating packaged foods that are filled with all these preservatives. We don't even know what's in the ingredient list because these companies are allowed to hide those ingredients. Okay. I could go on for a million years, but I'll just say that this is absolutely something I'm very passionate about. 
So much so that I teach my clients how to detox. I actually have a one month detox program that teaches you how to detox using products, using food, using sweating, pooping, all the things, all this stuff. Yes. Sweating. It's so important. It's one of our major detox channels. Our skin is a major detox organ. If you're not sweating, a lot of women can't sweat and they're like, oh, I never sweat. And I'm like, this is a problem because your detox pathways are completely blocked if you're not sweating. So I teach people get in the sauna, exercise, get in the hot sun, get in a hot bath, teach your body to open up these pathways. But when we use medical foods simultaneously to help open up those detox pathways using phase one, phase two, phase three detox products, then that will open up those pathways and it'll allow us to sweat more. It'll allow us to poop more. It'll allow those organs to drain to get rid of these toxins. So it's very important to use, to me, uh, to use a product to really assist the body because it's just offering support. Now, do I believe in a juice cleanse? No, because the body needs certain vitamins, minerals, amino acids, which are found in protein, the amino acid portion. Mm -hmm. And if we have those things, then the body naturally improves that detox process. So without those certain things on board, we don't detox appropriately. So juice, juice cleanses, they're missing a huge component. And the fact that they don't have the amino acids that are necessary for us to truly detox. So you can go on a juice cleanse. You'll probably feel better. You'll probably get some energy back. All those things are fine. Definitely watch your blood sugar, watch the amount of fruit that you include in those juices. And if you're going to do juice, then why not just have it with a meal? You know, if you want that extra nutrition and you really like to juice, just have it with a meal. And instead of going on these long juice cleanses, expecting that the body is going to get a lot of benefits from it. So I think that um, products for detox are so important that I include those in my regimen every day. And I teach my clients how to include those either daily or go on quarterly cleanses, whatever resonates with them the most. But I think that it's something that we really need to do. And the more my clients learn about the process, they'll message me and say, hey, I feel like I need to go on a cleanse. Is that okay?" And I'm like, anytime, anytime your body says I need to cleanse and they are never wrong. They message me and say, oh, my energy was lacking and I feel so much better. Or I was a little bit constipated and now I'm feeling tons better. So we have to learn to, to communicate with the body so that we can learn to trust ourselves. And the body's going to tell us what it needs. The toxins. I, we, this juicy stuff, I'm also just as passionate about. It is, we are swimming in toxins, things people don't even think about. And we have to be like our own gurus reading ingredient labels, which like you said, most of the time doesn't even do anything because so many things can be hidden under the label of like fragrance, for example. And then we have no idea what we're putting on our bodies and how it's reacting to things. And there's this whole new responsibility that we have for ourselves and for our loved ones when it comes to the toxins in our home and what it's doing to our bodies. And so I just wanted to say that I got so hyped up when you were talking about that. 
regard to detoxing, that was the missing piece that I don't hear often is yes, our bodies know how to detox, but our bodies also have never had such a toxic burden as they do today. What does a detox look like for one of your clients? Is it a purely food detox? You mentioned supplements. You mentioned phase one and phase two foods, which I don't even know what that means. I don't even know if they're foods. I just assumed. Yeah. So there's products that are called medical foods. So they can actually replace food in your life if you want them to for a period of time. And I kind of use that. So it's powders. And they have a lot of ingredients in there. And then I'll use kind of a whole foods greens powder that has a lot of green vegetables, a lot of red, uh, a lot of fruits with color or things like that. So I'm using a combination of those things. And for those who need the gut work, I'm also using uh, medical foods that will improve the integrity of the gut. So increase the mucus lining, those types of things. So that's kind of like the basics of detox. A lot of women need additional hormone detox. So we may include something like calcium deglucurate or DIM, depending on what their hormone test reveals and whether or not those detox pathways need to be opened a little bit. So that's all like coming in the form of a product. And the medical food means that they have the right amounts of vitamins, minerals, amino acids to actually be a food for you. They don't have to have any, you don't have to eat anything else. You could literally do the shakes on their own for a period of time and completely rest your digestive system. So I mentioned that it's important to get protein during this whole detox process. And I actually include these shakes three times per day. And I also include fruits and or mostly vegetables, a little bit of fruit, because we do have some really good detoxifying fruits, mostly like citrus fruits, And I'll use citrus and vegetables for the most part, typically for a period of at least 10 days. Some people are doing it 30 days. It really depends on toxicity. So I'll look at a toxicity score, symptoms and things that are showing me that this person has signs of toxicity overload in the body and will go on a detox for, and it's usually 10 days using the shakes, using the vegetables and using mostly cooked vegetables because The digestive system, you know, it's really stressed out a lot of times when we start adding a lot of raw vegetables, especially if we're not used to eating raw foods. They're harder to break down. The cooking process breaks down a lot of fibers for us already. So we don't have to work so hard with our body to break those things down. So we do use mostly cooked foods. And then um, the process will last 10 days. And if a person comes at the end of the 10 days and they're having symptoms where they're just like, I still feel kind of tired. I'm not really like, um, like I don't have my energy back. Like, or if they're starting to see symptoms kind of flare up, maybe someone has acne and they're starting to see those symptoms flare. So I'll let them stay on the detox for another week and kind of reevaluate them to see if it's time to help them move forward and move on to the next phase. So detox can last like I've had fertility clients that we've used detox as a huge part of their process and they will be pregnant in 10 to 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. That must feel so good for you. Yes. I don't have babies. I don't have children. It's something that I never really dreamed of doing. And with my hormone issues, I felt, you know, it was just almost impossible to even consider Mm -hmm. 
And it's one of the most rewarding things about this work is being able to see a mom want another baby or want her first baby and she's struggling and she's been to, you know, appointments to entertain IVF or she's had wow. IVF treatments or wow. some of these moms, one mom was struggling for over two years, could not get pregnant. Um, you know, it's just like, it's amazing to see when we give the body what it needs, then it's going to come into balance and give us what, what we want. And I tell women now, I'm like, okay, if you want a baby, let's get through this healing process first, use protection, make sure that you're paying attention okay. because I want yeah. your body to heal and be strong enough to carry baby yes. and you not feel bad when you get pregnant. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you want your body to be in health when you're carrying another life. Yes. And most of the people that come to me, you know, they're not in the greatest health already. And it's like if they're already depressed or they're already anxious or they're already having digestive issues and then we create a baby, we have to stop supplements. Right. So they have to go through that process, yeah. really just using lifestyle and food as medicine, which is fine. They have the skills to do that. But I really would rather them get through that healing process yeah. before they try to have baby. So. I didn't even think of that as being a foundational part of fertility. I mean, obviously, now that you say it, obviously. Um, and I, you talking is just making me feel so grateful for my body. I, I am in, in eating disorder recovery and pregnancy and birth um, really healed that for me, not because it made a baby for me, which I think is what a lot of people say. But um, while I, I've gained a lot of weight while I was pregnant, I gained 60 pounds. And my I was so swollen. I was waking up numb extremities. And I just, I, I couldn't do the most basic things. I couldn't sit on my legs, like on my knees, um, cause my thighs were so big and I just would sit there and I'm like, I feel so bad for my body because it's trying so hard to do what it needs to do to serve me. And it can't. And then through the process of labor and birth, you, I had a wild birth story. I tried to have a home birth. I was laboring for three days at home. My, I undilated at one point. It was just ridiculous. But when you're, I still, I would do it again. I'm trying to have another home birth. Labor is gnarly and so cool. But when you're in the process of labor, there's nothing that you can do necessarily to make labor progress. That's your body. Your brain can't tell your cervix to continue dilating. You can't tell your body to have the next contraction. So all you can do is mentally watch as your body is doing what it knows how to do. And in that moment, you realize you have your consciousness, you and your body. And there are two separate entities here and they should be working in harmony together. They are allies. And that was the moment that I realized, look at all that my body is doing for me when it has the support to do it. And uh, just hearing you talk about all of the foods that we can give our body, all of the detoxes we can do, all of the things we can eliminate and or start doing to give our body what it needs 
it, it makes me feel so grateful for my body and to want to do that because my body wants, I think my body wants to work for me. And I, I haven't dealt with infertility, so I don't want to speak on that, but, um, it's, it, it, it sounds like our body wants to do a lot of things for us. And unfortunately it doesn't have the tools to, and that creates a disconnect between us and our bodies. We begin distrusting our bodies. We begin becoming enemies with our bodies. And it would be really beautiful if, if everyone, especially women, could come into harmony with their bodies and see how much their bodies want to work for them when they have the tools to do so. I just blacked out. So good. We are so quick to say, you know, that our body is betraying us, Uh huh. you know, and it's just, it's just not the reality. Your body loves you. It wants to do right by you. It just doesn't have the tools it needs to do so. Yeah. Yeah. So could you, I have five fun questions for you at the end of the podcast, but I want to know about you really quick. I want to go back to you. Can you tell me step-by-step your morning and night routines. What does that look like for a um, a coach, a practitioner, somebody who helps people completely overhaul their health and their life? So this morning was a beautiful example of my okay. normal morning. So um, I wake up in the mornings and I go grab my coffee. So wait, have- what time do you wake up? We're oh, getting really specific. Yeah. Okay. So. I get my alarm goes off at 5 a.m. So I'm in the bed by 8 yeah. 30 and okay. I am typically up by 5 a.m. Now okay. I'm gonna make sure I get my eight hours. So if I have to get up at 5 15, totally fine. Sometimes my body will wake up a little bit early. Like today I woke up at four. I'm okay with that. I'll typically kind of like roll over and kind of turn around and see if my body's willing to go mm. back to sleep. And if it says no, then I go ahead and get up. So I really just kind of trust my internal alarm. I'm usually stirring before my alarm goes off. I'm kind of like my body kind of knows that that time of day is already about to hit. So I have that internal alarm and then I get up, my heat, my feet hit the floor. I make my bed and then I go into the kitchen and I start my coffee. So coffee for me is organo, which is a mushroom blend. And I'm in love with it. It has um, lion's mane, reishi, and cordyceps. Okay. So I use that. And I also put a binder and I just had my, I just had my breast implants removed in April. So yay. So now I'm adding a binder to my coffee in the mornings. I'm still kind of going through that process and I'm really just trying to clean up a lot of toxins. And then I'm thinking, well, could we use binders more often? So I'm really kind of just playing around with that right now. What is a binder? Um, It will, it's almost like a broom and it sweeps up toxins in your body into a nice little package. And then it helps you poop those out. Yes. So Okay. Continue. Sorry for interrupting you. That's okay. So I do my coffee and then I have time just reading and really reflecting and spend time in meditation. I usually turn on some music to do that to kind of just help me. I feel like music can really shift our atmosphere. It can shift 
like us out of like this world where we have life going on and it can really just allow us to enter into a place of peace and calm and rest. So I use music as a part of that, typically some sort of instrumental type music. And I just sit and receive Mm -hmm. whatever it is, you know, I need for the day. And then I get some sort of movement in. So today, and I'm loving this weather. I live in Texas. Our days are typically a hundred degrees. They have been for like the past hundred days and it's kind of crazy. So right now we're getting some sixties and seventies in the mornings. It's very nice. Yes. So this morning I was like, and I usually just kind of tune into my body. What does my body want today as far as movement goes? So I'll either do yoga or I'll do some sort of weight training. Typically, once I finish that, I'll go for a walk. And this morning, my body was like, I want to move freely. So I danced on my back patio and it was beautiful. About the time I was deciding I wanted to wrap up, my neighbor's dog started barking. I was like, oh, perfect timing. So I came in and and that's when I typically either we'll go for a walk depending on my schedule, you know, so I have, I'll walk my neighborhood. It's about a mile and I kind of live in a country type area. So I have nature, trees, birds. Um, you know, I have hummingbirds on my back patio typically, and they're, they're fun to just watch in the morning. So if, if weather permits, I might do my reading and my meditation time outside. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes I'll do it indoors, just really, it depends. So I'll go for a walk. I'll come back in and then I'll get ready for my day. So my, my morning really consists of listening to some sort of training or podcast as I'm getting ready. And I'm, you know, really wanting to learn and grow and just improve in any area that I possibly can. So depending on what, on what I need to study deeper. And then some mornings it will consist of talking to my sister because she is um, or she's a morning riser. She has a commute on her way to work. So sometimes she'll call and it'll be perfect timing because I'm putting makeup on or doing my hair or showering oh. and we just chat. So, and then my work day starts, I'll come in oh. and really just kind of, a lot of times I'll dive into my creative work in the morning because I feel like my brain is really fresh and firing mm-hmm. and other days where I feel like I, I do work from home. So it's kind of like I'm in the office all the time. I'm in my four walls all the time. So a lot of times I'll go to the coffee shop and I'll work from there for a few hours um, or try to like get out. Mondays and Fridays are kind of a little bit more free for me. So I may run into the city, um, grab some groceries, do something like that in my morning time just to escape. And then then I work, you know, most of my days. Now during my work day, I'm taking breaks. So I typically take a walk around my neighborhood at least three to four times during the day. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the goal. And my mailbox is about, I would say a quarter mile from my house. Okay. So I walk there and that's kind of a little bit of free time. I'm seeing clients for client appointments. I'm jumping on calls with other practitioners, those types of things. And in between I'm walking, I'm, I'm doing, um, you know, just getting my sunlight, just getting free time, getting away from the computer. And so my lunch is typically a shake. So it's kind of a brunch ish and I'm having, you know, those medical foods I was telling you about, which I love. And then I'm adding in whole foods. I'm adding in just as much nutrition as I possibly can. 
um, and avocado, coconut milk, healthy fats, something to kind of keep my brain going. And if I want to eat again later in the day, I may do that. I'll have some sort of whole food. It might be a salad. It might be yogurt. Um, just really depends on what I want to do. And then I have a whole food dinner with my husband, meat, vegetable, typically. Sometimes we have a starch. Sometimes we have a fruit. Just really depends. And then after that, we kind of we're in Winesdale mode. You know, okay. my internal bedtime alarm goes off at 830. And it's light, slow, same things, reading, getting things organized for the next day, cleaning the kitchen, tying up loose ends, you know, with my husband through conversation or, you know, it's just very chill. And then that morning routine, a dream, the birds outside. Also, I love when I wake up early, my best days are when I wake up before the sun I like to go to the beach and watch the sunrise and just like driving and nobody's out yet. And you're just ahead of the game. It's so peaceful. Yes. Thank you. I'm yes. so glad that I asked you that question. But I actually ask usually five questions to everyone for fun at the end. This one is six because I couldn't narrow it down. <laughs> Are you ready? Ready. Okay. What is your favorite self-development podcast? I love the Andrew Huberman show. And he's just so intelligent. Yeah. And he brings such great science. It's like... What is your favorite gut-happy food? I think fermented foods is so helpful for people if they can tolerate them. They right. are... I mean, our ancestors used those as a normal part of life, right? It was because they had to, and it yeah. really, it fed their bodies and their guts and we don't use fermented foods enough. Yeah. Okay. I had a feeling you're going to say that. What is a habit that everybody should start right now? Get up in the morning and get your sunlight it is going to reset your circadian rhythm. It's going to give you more energy for the day. Getting sunlight in your eyes in the morning helps you produce melatonin. You're going to get better sleep at night. It keeps that cycle going. It turns off hunger hormones. So you're not going to be overeating. All of the amazing things that we do on a day-to-day -day basis, the sun sets our circadian rhythm and we move and live and have our being around the sun. So get your sunlight. We're such a match made in heaven, Chelsea. Goodness. Okay. What is your favorite thing about your sister? It sounds like you guys are really close. She's very driven and she's okay. so heart centered oh. that she just loves people. She loves to help people. She's one of the most giving human beings I've ever met in my life. She will give anything she has available. It doesn't matter. She never asks for anything in return. And she's always in a positive mood. Even if she's had the worst day on the planet, if you called her and she had the worst day, she would pause and hear you out, not complain. She would just listen. And even mm -hmm. if she does have something to share where she feels like she needs to vent, it's just so soft and kind. Yeah. And it doesn't even feel like venting. It's just like, oh, you kind of welcome it. <laughs> you know, I know that there are going to be um, exceptions to this, but I've just been learning lately that if you 
I, th- I think if you approach life with a servant's heart like that, you can do no wrong. Oh yeah. I mean, there's going to be no drama. You're going to be serving people. You're going to have a light weight. You're going to build beautiful relationships and have beautiful experiences as a result. Cause that's the energy that you're welcoming in because it's what you're giving out. And that's her life. Totally. Oh, of course. Okay. She's oh, what a wonder, yeah. what a wonderful like model to have in your life, like on call. Yeah. My last question is, do you have a favorite store that you use for self-care? Like you had a rough day, you just kind of need to mentally disconnect. What store do you go to? So my favorite store is a clothing store. Okay. And it's Maurice's. And I oh, think I don't know Maurice's. Oh, I felt like I feel like Maurice's is everywhere. So I've kind of lived all over the South, okay. East, and I'm kind of like mid. I'm, I'm in Texas now, so it's a clothing store, and they have like um, kind of nicer, like cute little sundressy feel type things. They have okay. shoes and sandals and all the accessories, and they have a really good bohemian style like feel. And I'm just very like I'm a very hippie bohemian bob you know oh my so, god me too i love it and i just dress stevie nicks all the time yes yes and they are so they're priced so well mm-hmm. and i went there last okay. week and like the whole store was 25 percent off i got loads of clothes and i was like oh, okay well you know i don't even have to feel bad about it because yeah. they're so good <laughs> you know so that's my feel good place I'm so glad that you had the answer to that. I was nervous to ask, but I thought it could be fun. Okay, Chelsea, where can we find you? What services do you offer? Are you mostly virtual? Can someone in South Florida find you and get your services? Tell me everything we need to know. So I'm at ChelseaWard.com. It's C-H-E-L-S-I-E Ward. And on social media, I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok and Facebook mostly. And I'm at Chelsea Ward Wellness on all those sites. And I work with clients typically one-on-one. And we do everything from a functional medicine perspective. And the whole shebang, we can do nutrition, lifestyle, functional lab testing, all the whole nine yards. And I'm really focused typically on gut, immune, and hormone health. And then I also have, you know, just kind of like a program, I like to call it my jumpstart. And it's really for people who are looking for that first step in the functional medicine. You don't really know if you, you're like, what is functional medicine? Yeah. What is lifestyle health? What is the stuff that they're talking about? I kind of missed a lot of these puzzle pieces together, but I think I want to start doing some things a little more naturally. Uh-huh. Then I guide people through nutrition, sleep, rest, digestion, hormone health. I mean, it's very, very simple laid out. It's a 12 week program. You get a lot of one-on-one time with me as well to really help fine tune and get you some good results in your health. And um, I am just working pretty much in the U S and I do have some clients in Canada. So those are kind of my, most of my location, everything's virtual by video or phone, whatever makes you feel the most comfortable. Okay. That's it. Oh, that's splendid. This has been so life-giving and such a wonderful way to start the day. I so appreciate you being in my life and taking time to talk to me. We were truly a match made in heaven. This couldn't have been more perfect in my opinion. 
Yeah. So beautiful. I totally agree. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me this week for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy the podcast in general, I would love for you to subscribe so you'll never miss out on upcoming episodes featuring other brilliant minds and insightful topics. Also, don't forget to rate and review while you're at it. Your ratings and feedback mean the world to me and help me reach more listeners. So, Misty and loves you. Have the best day ever. Same time next week. Bye.